I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, welcome to the Junk Time AFL podcast, late Feb 2020. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain, and joining me is a man who is thrilled at Melbourne's new four-year plan. It's, a it's grand Adam Rosenberg. It's a high-flying flag. It's the emblem for me. Come on, D's. You're over mate. the moon. Oh, fucking bad time. We're going to see a Demons Premiership. Melbourne, uh, Mel, uh, Michael, I, I called you Melbourne. I'm that excited about Michael. I can't, can't even speak. Melbourne are going to win a flag by 2023. Get around them, everybody. How exciting is this? They have put out their plan. So I think it was the mm. Gary Pert, I think, put it out this week. I think it was the, yeah. uh, the yeah. this week. So they have yeah. plans to make the finals for four years in a row. Four well, years. This, am, ambitious, so, isn't it? So every team, I mean, one year in a row is fucking ambitious down at Melbourne, but they have come out and said, you know what? Fuck one year. That's no good for anyone. Fuck making a prelim, getting flogged in said prelim, not making the finals, crashing down to 17th in a huge embarrassment for the club. Forget all that, everybody. We've let it go. That's in the past, man. Now, four years of straight finals and a flag before the end of 2023 in either, well, both women's and men's. Yes, and then I think they said they want to win a flag every four years after that. Yeah, basically, I mean, once you're at the top, Michael, why do you want to drop back down? Knowing Melbourne, they're never going to drop back down ever again. <laughs> well, that's the Melbourne I know and love. I mean, since when, when did they last win their last one? 60, 64. 64. Since then, I mean, 88, where did they go after that? I mean, they hung around the top echelon and got back in the grand final in 2000. If that's not sustained quality from a team that you expect sustained quality from, I don't know what is. They like, I'm pretty sure that when Hawthorne, you know, when they got Clarko, they said, what do you want to be like? And he said, I want to be like Melbourne <laughs> from 64 <laughs> to 2000. That's what we want the, the Mighty Hawks to be. We might be we might be going a bit quick, though, Adam, by the fact that, I mean, Richmond did put out, like, a five-year plan a few years ago. And that, it was a 10-year one. It was, was a 10, 10 years? years. Okay. It was 10 years. And we all said, no way, this is hilarious. You're going to just, you know, revisit this in 10 years. And then... That is very true. They're that now true. the biggest team ever going around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is very, very true. They also want 75,000 fa- uh, members by 2023. Uh, and they... Because I think they have... Fi- yeah, they've got 52,000 members this year. So I think what Melbourne struggle with is the fact that most of their members... And this is another thing that they... Uh, want to be seen as they don't want to be seen as elitist private school club which i think is really heavily undone by the fact that they're a private school elitist (laughs) club and uh, that's a little bit of a hard thing to undo when that is everything you live and breathe for yeah i think i saw a bunch of melbourne players in the background and that st kevin's story on four corners (laughs) i mean that's the thing is uh they're going to struggle to get their membership another 23,000 because most of their members, as you would know, you because you stand amongst them, are MCC members. So why would they double double down? You're right. But also, we can't argue that in when Melbourne are up and about, 
they do draw big crowds and they're like those finals that lot well two years ago whatever like they yes. they were massive crowds they you know they do show up but it's only when they're going well unfortunately I mean but that's also yes. like many clubs but I suppose the, in my head the rise of the demons when they're doing well is far greater than when other clubs do well the the curve on that graph yes. shoots right up it's not a slow build like they are fucking there yeah. they are ready when they're up and about they are there um, do you reckon they're going to do it? Look, I, I'm not sure if the person who put this together was in a coma during 2019, <laughs> but they they really fell from grace, and it's going to be interesting to see. I know they had a lot of outs. Have you been watching the To Hell and Back uh, docos that have been on AFL.com.au? Yeah, for sure. I've watched it a few times, yeah. Yeah, what I, what I find really interesting is that they've put and, and By back. the way, when I say I've watched it a few times, I haven't watched it. <laughs> Michael, why not? I, I've watched it. I've watched them both. I'm, you know, I always watch any football doco. But just the interesting thing is they put and back. Like, yeah, I think you're still in hell. Mm, yeah, you know, I think you're right. Like, it's interesting. Like, they're kind of workshopping that title. Yeah, yeah. Like, it should be like in hell <laughs> with the possibility of coming back. Yeah, possibility. Maybe in, in hell, if in hell, maybe back in four years. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> in hell might make a uh, you know might make an elimination final this year if we're lucky. In hell. We'll be here for a while. <laughs> in hell, setting up shop. It's kind of nice down here. You get used to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah just something like that. It's you like, know? you know, when you go up you know, in Northern Australia and you kind of the humidity and you like, and then after a few days you go, oh, this yeah. is fine. Yeah, you go, in hell, have learned to, I can still jog in this weather. It's not that bad. Uh, in hell uh, at Casey. So, no, so. Um, That's a part of the other thing they want to do is I they want to bring move. It up. They want to move their headquarters to within a couple of hundred metres, uh, so say three kicks away from the MCG. Well, I remember talking to a dude at Melbourne last year and they were talking about, and I don't think this has come off, but their ambition at the time was mm. to have a training facility at Jollymont, so right near Jollymont Station in the MCG no, so car I, park essentially. I don't think they need a training facility. I think they want to set up their headquarters as such and they'll still walk across to Gosh's paddock, perhaps. Oh, okay, maybe. Well, maybe this bloke was lying to me. Fuck, i got to go because back. i got a, I got, a, I got a place to shoot up tomorrow. <laughs> well, because there's... Uh, I don't know if you've seen around the MCG. There's not a lot of real estate getting around. There's, there's not a lot of room, but he talks about how they wanted to build over the train tracks. So put a... Put an oval across the train tracks? Well, uh, from what, what, I, what I was talking to him, my idea was that it was, I didn't think it was going to be just a building because they do have buildings in the MCG. Yes. Um, but, and they, well, I suppose they have a training facility over Amy Park. Would that be right? Where they do your weights yeah, that, and that stuff is, like that? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know if that's where the administration is based from. I actually don't know where the Melbourne admin is. I, I think feel they, like this is two people who don't know what they're actually talking about at the minute. I actually believe that Melbourne uh, uses shared office that they found on Facebook. So mm-hmm. they just go in there and they move around. There's a couple of designers in there. There's a few uh, Instagram entrepreneurs that they share the office with. And it's just, it's a great creative space for people. And that's where they came up with this four-year plan. How did Melbourne get into this situation? Just by the fact that they were the tenant of the MCG. They're probably the original tenant of the MCG. And, yeah. how, and they were the most successful team, you know, up until 64. They would have had money. How did they end up not having a training facility and not being able to establish headquarters and the like? I think once Ron Barassi left, they just fucking fell apart. Mm. That's how I see it. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting term. I mean, they are Melbourne. They are the one team named after this city yeah, like that if I'm you, broadcasting if you, from. If you were coming from overseas, yeah, I reckon you'd probably barrack from Melbourne. Well, sorry, the logic would be, I, I've come to Melbourne, I want to get into the AFL. What team do I, you know, I live in the town. 
I'm back from Melbourne. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. They, they've missed out on that. That's what they should be doing is uh, after you've come through customs is to stand there and hand out. They want to get to 75,000 members. They hit every person who's coming through mm-hmm. customs as a non-Australian returning. So they stand at those particular gates when you're going through your passport section and they go, here you go, you're a member of Melbourne. And they go, look, I have come from Syria, but I'm not fucking taking that shit on. <laughs> I wonder that. Why, why don't clubs kind of hang out at the airport more? Kind of say this is what to we got that? going on. Well, hang on. If you don't I really, you don't, I mean, I mean, I know most people they get off the plane and they know they're going to head down to the AFL kitchen and grill. Um, <laughs> well, that is very true. Once that opens, but why yeah. don't you don't really see much of a presence for clubs at the um, airport? That is a very, very good point. I don't know why that is a great place to hit the. And I'm not saying like you know you should be there kind of handing out flyers and stuff. But if you walked off a plane, and one of the first things you saw was a you know Hawthorne hoarding billboard, yeah, you go well that's first impressions. Yeah. Anyway, we hit on something. Hey, we should go to the airport. We should do junk time. <laughs> we should At have like airport. a big junk time billboard out the front of the airport. So the first oh, thing yeah. people see when they come off the plane, they see they see you and me, and we're giving each other a Gatorade Bukaki, and that, that could be I like, like a great way to teach people in English yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to welcome to Melbourne. Try Gatorade Bukaki. That's what we should do. We should hold English classes for people who've come from come from other countries, so they can get, you mm. know integrate with society and learn the language. And we just go, you know Gatorade Bukaki. Yeah. Low dog cunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we teach them how these people do it. We should have the hoarding instead of, you know that weird guy who sells the mattresses who looks like Dr. Death? Wait, like at the airport? Or he's on? Yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a, like a big advertising hoarding for him. I is haven't that, seen that at it? all. Oh, that's probably because you fly uh, out at the shitty <laughs> yeah, out terminal. Yeah, Tiger actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not a, t- not a part of the real ones. Uh, when I'm going through to the Qantas Club, I often see it. Okay, gotcha. What's he look like? Yeah. Dr. Death? Yeah, he's this weird-looking dude. I can't remember his name, but he sells these like mattresses that kind of fold and shit. If you've been to the airport, you've seen them. I'm okay. positive they've got them uh, out at the Rod Car- near Rod Carter Studios as well. Adam, Comedy Festival's coming up. I'm pretty excited, mate. I mean, sure, footy's you know, up and about, but uh, the Comedy Festival is on. Now, we're both doing shows this year, mm-hmm. and you can get your discount tickets if you just want to put in a little bit of a code word, low dog, when you're purchasing those tickets. We're going to help you out, Junk Timers, because we love you. Yeah, so if you head through comedyfestival.com.au, follow the various links and you chuck in the password mm. and get a ticket and uh, and you can come and be entertained by me and you can just kind of sit and, and just have a pleasant grin on your face at Adam's yeah. show. Hey, there's a bar in my... Uh, in my venue. Yeah, so, people are going to fucking need it, man. Yeah, if you want to stand at the bar and just have a chat, fucking go for <laughs> it. As long as I've got your money, don't care what happens. Um, I'm also doing the Sydney Comedy Festival. I believe it is on May uh, May 13 and 15, and that's at Sydney Comedy. Type in Sydney Comedy Festival, um, and that will be, I think those tickets go on sale in about two or three days. May 13, the lucrative Wednesday night market. Yeah, mate. yeah, Wednesday, Friday. Well, Sydney, they kind of, they give you, you know, people don't do long runs there, you know. They kind of give yeah, you bits and pieces, yeah. 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 So, uh, what's the name of your show and where can we find it? I think I might like be like to be a dictator. That's going to be the Mantra Hotel and it's going to be at the Factory Theatre in Sydney. And what dates are you on in Melbourne, mate? You're doing the full run. The whole thing. So, I think it's from the 26th of March through to about the 22nd of April or something like that. So, every single oh, night. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, Sunday. Look at you, mate. You're a fucking hero. Yeah, well, I figure I'm, I'm there. A- might as well do it. That is true. I just no, hate, you know those do. comics that are always just like, oh, I'm tired. It's like, it's an hour, dickhead. It's an hour. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, but it's yeah, but see, that 
that's the mental. I put in a whole day's work before I get there. So you just rock up and go, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I want to be a dictator. Whereas I'm thinking about stuff all day, which is why I'm only doing 12 shows. Well, yeah. Well, the more the difficult thing is actually when you are working during the day. Like, you know, you have a full-time job. Yeah. You know, creating more laughter for the millions of people around the country. That is true, mate. We do do it tough. So, uh, yeah, if you want to head to comedyfestival.com.au, you can get your uh, cheap tickets. I start on the 7th of April through till the 18th. You finish, my friend, on the 19th of April. Oh, there we go. Sweet. Hey, you did a gig for Carlton today. Uh, Yeah, it was for the uh, Carltonians. So they had like a bit of a breakfast function where people could get photos with the players and stuff. So the whole playing group was there. And I just kind of emceed it. So just had a bit of a chat to some of the boys. It was so good to see Eddie Betts back in the Carlton gear. Oh, yeah, you liked that, did you? I did. And he was up there and he, because um, they sort of chatted to the players who were new to the club mm-hmm. in 2020. And so he was a part of that Q&A. And so I fired a couple of, couple of big ones at Eddie. I said, fucking Don Pike, mate, what's he like? And uh, he said, mate, I'm not answering that. But, um, but yeah, it was Tell us about Eddie. the camp, Eddie. Tell us about the camp. Yeah. Give us... Talk, talk us all through it, Ed. It'd be great. Bring up those bring up those shocking memories that they brought up for you. Did you just play the Richmond theme song in his ear the whole time? I did. I kidnapped him for about two hours. It was great. Well, Carltonian, so what, what do you have to do? I think we've gone over this in the past, but people who knew mm. the show, what do you have to do to be a Carltonian? Like, what, what member of, like, part of the, like, uh, Ligon Street oh, crime unit do you have to be to... <laughs> I think so. I think you have to have done uh, four to six years Sure, in sure. You need to have shot but a person in the back of a restaurant. That's right, but the only reason that you got uh, found guilty was because Lawyer X had to on you. So, <laughs> so Did that. they have a I Lawyer think... X table? Like, was that... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, yeah. They were all blurred out. I, I couldn't see who they were. Uh, so it's just a coterie group that I think you pay a certain amount and you get to be a part of it. And where were they holding it? At Princess Park, so just in a, in a function room to the side there. So the players had been at a recovery. Nightclub? Oh. How dare you, mate? How dare you? Uh, they'd been at a recovery. Because remember, Carlton players got in a little bit of trouble for getting a bit uh, pissed at the Sam wedding. Doherty's yeah. wedding. Yeah. But th- I think the coach was there. So, you know, if your captain and your coach are getting on it, I think you're okay. For sure. Were the Savanis there? Kind of a little bleary-eyed? No, they look they look pretty sharp, mate. Look they learned their lesson. Yeah. And are they flying? Are they fitter than they've ever been? Well, I was having a chat to uh, Kate Simpson, veteran of the club. Yeah. He's 35. That's no old for a footballer, yeah. isn't it? And uh, he said that, uh, you know, he was going pretty well. And I said, are you still hitting the same speeds that you hit, like, you know, eight years ago? And he said, I can hit it in shorter, shorter bursts, but he said I'm still getting out. He said he can still get over 30 kilometres an hour when he's sprinting. Yeah, sure. And so what's quick. his prediction for this year, like 15th, 16th? Oh, we didn't go on a predictions, mate, because I, I was asking him for grand final tickets. I mean, it's hard to know what to do when Melbourne are going to win one of the next four. You just don't know which one, you know, you can pick pick off the, you know, remnants of what they don't pick up. Now, we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I'm glad that the team that we're talking about has got behind themselves, okay? They believe Absolutely, in they themselves. Because Port Adelaide's come out, Coach Ken Hinckley has come out and said that they reckon they're going to win the flag this year. Yeah, he said that we're here... Because basically, Kenny, he has to say that because if he doesn't make the finals, he's out of a job. Yes, right? I think they the last won a final in 2014 when they had that great run and they were playing yes. that flashy footy. Yes, and then they lost They lost in overtime, remember, a few years ago to, um, to West right, Coast. That's right, against West Coast, yeah. So he yeah, says, we're going to we're gonna start this year wanting to win the premiership in our 150th yeah. year. 
Yeah, so they're kind of making a big deal of the 150th. So, um, I mean, we, we said a couple of weeks ago, I Port think, Adelaide back-to-back. Back. I think we predicted even a three-peat. Yeah. So I think Kenny's obviously been listening to Junk Time and has gone, fuck, I think those guys are right. Those two fucking morons, they're onto something. I love the idea that Ken Hinckley would be listening to us. Shout out to you, Ken, if you are listening. Well, you know, he just came back from a fact-finding mission in England, so he's got a bit of, bit of time on the plane there. I think it'd be awesome if all the other coaches listened to us. Like, imagine if our junk time plans, like the ideas that we have, just kind of seeped into game plans of the coaches. Oh, I mean, I would suspect that they already do. You know, there's enough supporters around as Clarko's walking down to the ground to go, mate, have you checked the behind the goals vision? You fuck it. <laughs> you know, little, little things like that that I, I would hope that our, play, that our listeners would, um, you know, just let people around them know that they listen to them. I mean, any time I hear someone called a low dog, low dog cunt, my heart just swells because I know that's us. Well, I do remember last year, you know, when they're holding up the signs on the boundary. Mm-hmm. At one stage, one of them did say low dog cunt. Like that was their yeah, game exactly. plan. And that just meant yeah. go and snap people. <laughs> I think that's the way to do it. What do you think Port's chances are this year? Um, I reckon bottom of the eight. I haven't, yeah, really, okay, I haven't so really thought about my kind of you know predictions for this year, I must say. But and I'm like not with not being totally across like their recruiting and the like over the off season. But yeah. they've always been that kind of team that kind of should be there about, but haven't quite got there. Hey. Well, they play, they I think they play some exciting football, and then because of that, they can get scored against. But you know, one thing that Kevin, uh, Kevin, one thing that Ken Hinckley does a lot is no, he no, plays no, the no, kids. Kevin, Kevin Hinckley, Kevin, yeah, yeah. Kevin Hinckley, his brother, his assistant coach. He's an assistant. Oh, Kev, he doubles he as he doubles as a mascot. Yeah, they play a lot of the kids, and so you get a lot of excitement out of that. And so that's where I think you know you, you can be a little bit excited if you're a Port Adelaide fan. But as for winning the flag, I mean, fucking wake up, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> it's not I happen, wonder mate. that you're menta- going to be out of a job, mate. Just I wonder that it. mentality. Like I think it was what 2004 was it when yep. Peter Schwab said Hawthorne will win the flag, and Ken said you know we want to win the flag. But yes, I mean. I wonder what the mentality of people are. Like, say the Suns. Are you going into this year going, we can't win the flag? Because shouldn't the idea be you go in every year, you know, at least aiming for a flag? I, yeah. Because I, you, you should ostensibly think that you're going to win every game. Yeah. Yeah. So you I should, mean, even though the, lo- think. the logic in your head is like that's yes, not going to yeah. happen. Absolutely. But you don't go... If you go into every week thinking, we could pinch this, right? So potentially every team should go in thinking they're going to be 22 and zip. Hmm. And so when you do lose one, when you lose by 11 goals in the first round, you're like, fucking hell, I was not expecting that. Yeah, sure. And then you go, fuck, it's going to be a long year, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. When do you give up? Oh, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, uh, when you're zipping three and you're like, oh, well. We, like if we make the finals, we'll get flogged anyway. And if you get flogged like early too, like the first three rounds, if like, cause, you know, it's 80 points, 90 points, 80 points. It's like, fuck. We're just not up to it this year. Well, because North Melbourne got absolutely pummeled by Frio in round one last year. And so do they, like did Brad Scott just go, well, fuck it. I did not see that coming. Or is it, are you allowed that sort of misstep on round one? Because, thank you. Are you allowed a hiccup in round one? I think it was uh, back in 08. I think it was Melbourne lost by 100 points in the first two rounds, I think it was. So that would have been pretty devastating. Look how well they've gone ever since. I mean, they turned it around pretty pretty quickly, Adam. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I love. Hey, a quick... um, What what are you going to say? say? It's not a question without notice, but it's a... a, 
It's a something without notice. A something without notice. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is, but I have no and it's a noticed without notice, right? What I've noticed lately, and this is happening, I noticed it in AFLW commentary, and then it's happened uh, the last couple of nights because I've been sad watching the Marsh Community Cup. Is that we've the commentators have started saying, you know, they've kicked it to the top of the goal square when it's like 20 meters, like it's 30 meters out from goal. Oh, okay. So they're using that area as the top of the goal square, where to me the top of the goal square is the top of the goal square. And 20 to 25 metres out, to me, uh, 20 I reckon, is the limitation. 20 is the hot spot. Ah, okay. <laughs> that's, see, now that's good to know. So that's 20, not the top of the, the goal square. Top of the goal the square is the goal square. And then, yeah, a little bit further out is the hot spot. Yeah. Exactly. The top of the goal square is the line where the rectangle ends. Hmm. Was it ever a square? I reckon it was... No, I was going to say it couldn't be, but of course it could be. It just have to be shorter. I reckon there. I no, I, I, no, re- I, I know. I know how geometry. Yeah, works. yeah, sure. I, I reckon. I'm, I have no idea about this, but I reckon there would be a time where they didn't have one at all. Like, so you just I reckon it. even in the VFL days, I reckon there'd be a chance that they didn't have a goal square at all. So the commentators were fucking at a loss. They were like, yeah, they absolutely. just kicked it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's near the. He's, he's like ten meters out in a direct line yeah. from the goalpost. I don't know what I call that. And then also it's not the hotspot. And then also back then we probably would have been. We would have been using yards. So they're like, tally her. They kicked it ten yards out of the in front of the goals, <laughs> in front of the big yeah. fiddle diddles. Yeah. <laughs> and then they turn the metric and they're like, ah, oh, they've kicked it. Uh, uh, oh, sheesh, oh, thirteen yards. Oh, of the uh, fiddle diddle. I wonder if. I wonder if yeah, Dennis Cometti Senior was like, inches perfect. Uh, yeah. Hey Adam. On the topic of AFLW, yeah, um, I reckon you're useless. I, I reckon you've always that, been useless. No, mate, I need to hear that. I reckon you're okay, like when you've got your your mic to your mouth, but like once mm. you put down mm. the mic, you're Fucking useless. Hopeless. Yeah, Absolutely no, useless. I, get, I get it. I what? Okay, what's your take? So we had Stacey Livingston, uh, one of the backmen at Collingwood. Soundly defeated Taylor Harris, who is one of the um, marquee uh, lead-up forwards in the AFLW, mm-hmm. was beaten all hands down. And she said after the game uh, that Taylor Harris, once the ball hits the deck, is useless. Yeah, so you just got to stop her in the air. Which does make sense by the fact that uh, Taylor's rovers are very tall. She's a big marking forward. Yeah. Um, but to oh, call her useless, it goes, mate, once the ball's on the deck, fucking don't worry about Taylor Harris. Let her go. She fucking can't pick it up, can't kick a goal. My take is that mm. she probably didn't mean to say useless. She meant to I, say hopeless, rubbish, can't do anything, Yeah. can't bend down, can't pick up the ball, I hate her guts, yeah. what's with her tats? Yeah, I don't shouldn't like be allowed on the person. football field. You know what? I'm cutting down the statue tomorrow. Yeah. But I like her. <laughs> Isn't a good boxer. Yeah, sure. Has no, has got no big right hand. She can jab, but fuck, she's useless right. Oh my <laughs> god, she can't do anything. Um, but you know what? You know what? I actually reckon that it has come from the coaches. I reckon she has been set, told, mate, don't worry about Taylor Harris when she hits the ground. She's useless. That's sat in her brain. Oh, no, I know. I reckon that could be true. Actually, that could be the message that they got through them. Yeah. Yeah, I would have thought so. And so she kind of, uh, I think, did she walk it back a little bit? I think she walked it back a little bit, Stacey. And I, then thought ta- I thought she went harder. Did she oh, no, she down? says I probably No, she says I probably could have chosen my words better. But I do feel if you take her out of the air contest somehow, then you should have her covered. Yeah, sure. Fair enough, fair enough. But, I, I mean, 
I do kind of like the idea that, you know, that's a, that's a colourful interview as opposed to, like, the very dull, boring stuff that we usually get. So maybe it's the kind of thing we just kind of let the leash off a bit because we, we, we're going to talk about it. We're going to enjoy it. If people can, on, on the field can actually speak their mind in those kind of mid-match, post-match interviews, that'd yeah. be pretty good. I would fucking love it. I would love um, even the social media from the teams. They're always, you know, so sanitized. Kind of straight bat, yeah. Yeah, but if you had Collingwood social media pop up on the scoreboard, Taylor Harris, fucking useless. Yeah, sure. Then Just horrific get, memes and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Then you get, like, the crowd involved and you just create a better rivalry than we've already got from Carlton Collingwood. And then they can mic up the interviews to the entire crowd at all, at all games. And so then the crowd can get involved as well. So there can be like a bit of a catchphrase. So here Stacey had said, you know, she's useless. So the whole oh. crowd starts going, useless, 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 no, no, no. useless. Collingwood, Collingwood fans, every time Taylor comes near the ball, they just go, useless. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great thing for them to do, you know. Let's get that rivalry. And also, I think uh, Stacey Livingston, so she said when the ball hits the deck, she's useless. But I reckon she needs to do a little bit of digging now. And find out what else in life she's useless. Like talk to to get into a kitchen, to get into a shoebox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just go. Oh, um, your mum said you let the family down at a certain event. Bang, Taylor Singerman. She's like, fucking hell. How'd you find that out? I sh- I heard. I got told that she had to bring a certain dish to Christmas dinner, and she um, yeah. she didn't do it. She fucked up yeah, big failed. time. Yeah, the pavlova was way the meringue. Was fucking like really hard. She just yeah. didn't. She didn't whisk it enough. You know that kind of thing. I just had one of her family kitchen. members had a va- uh, go had a birthday and she's got a voucher, Amazon. Ugh. That's fucking terrible. Useless. <laughs> Don't invite her anywhere. I love it. But I tell you what, mate. It's all happening down at Carlton. Um. Mitch? Yeah. Okay. I believe you. <laughs> no. 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 Except for premierships. Bang. And finals wins. Bang. Mate, we won one in twenty thirteen. Mitch McGovern has come out and talked about his time in the cage. In the cage, okay. So he went in the cage, was it um, kind of mid last year? Yeah, yeah. They kind of threw him in there. They went Because his nickname around the club, because he wears number 11, was Brackett. So they mm. kind of, it was a bit of a fun thing, you know. His skin folds are up, he's, he's a little bit tubby. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> a, it's a fat music. fuck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's, let's have some fun with it. And you then, know, you know. Let's just when bully he a man into uh, submission, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, when, when, he, when he couldn't run out games or fucking, you know, get an inch off the ground because of his excessive weight, they went, fucking hell, this it's not as much fun anymore, you know. And he's, <laughs> he's really pinging those hamstrings around because of all that excessive weight. Maybe, maybe we should do something about this. <laughs> Yeah, he come, it was about 95 Ks, I think. Yeah, and so they put him in the cage uh, for, I think it was a four to six week block. So they said, don't worry, you're not going to play VFL, mate, because mm-hmm. they said you're just going to go back and be just as shit there as you are in the AFL. And also the pies are cheaper at the VFL, so... Yeah, well, that's right. Him. Yeah, they didn't want him there. But also, how's that level of consistency? He was just as shit at AFL as he was at VFL. That's the kind of thing you want from your players. Now, in his defence, at the start of last year, he had a bit of problems, and then he injured his back. But he he talked about in round one, he shouldn't have played. And so he kind of exasperated an injury that he already had. And then I think a few weeks after that, hurt his back as well. So he had a bit of bad luck with injuries. And also talked about going to Vietnam, where he'd had double ankle surgery. And so he said they couldn't really do much fitness. So I think he just ate his way around Vietnam, which would be quite fun, wouldn't it? Can I just clarify, he didn't get double ankle surgery in Vietnam. It's not like cheap oh, over yeah, there. Sure. Like, like, like you, get, you get your teeth or your boobs done in Thailand. Yeah, it yeah. Wasn't like, like Carlton weren't short of money and go, oh, we can get pretty, <laughs> pretty cheap. Yeah, <laughs> we could send you to Turkey. It's By the way, yeah, just, there, uh, 
Get your nose done, mate. Tell you why you're there. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking, mate, it's, it's a bargain. So he says, this is from Mitch McGovern, mate. He said it was terrifying. Terrifying. This is an adult male saying he was terrified, Michael. Of training. You understand what? Of training, of rocking up and going with your former uh, uh, sports, uh, what do you call it? Um, strength uh, coach. Yeah, Andrew Russell. The man they called Jack. Because I know. I, I, can't, I can't work it out. Can't work it out. I'll explain it to you off air. It's very clever. Uh, Mitch says, it was the hardest training block I've ever done in my entire footy life. No, I well, think I think what he meant to say was uh, it was the most delicious chocolate block <laughs> I've ever. I mean, you have a look at him and you go, yeah, that makes sense, Mitch. I, I mean, I'm agreeing with that. He said it was grueling. How's this? It was grueling on your body 24-7. 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. And have a look. This is what he follows up, right? 24-7. This, this, this is the kind of a bit I find actually quite interesting, this bit. Yeah. He said it was three days a week training and an extra day as a top-up with either the Alter-G, which is a running machine, or something else. So that's four days a week, 24-7. So four days, which somehow becomes seven days for 24 but, hours. But then I think, okay, it's three days a week. So the... the this is the cage, okay? So they're training. Well, they're full-time players, so they're training. Well, training or playing five days a week. But they're pulling him out of that, mate. He's not doing any of that. Yeah, he's, so he's training he's in the three cage. days a week now with the possibility three. of an extra day. Yeah, but it's 24-7. That's what you don't understand. No, he's training on your days. body 24-7. I mean, there's like recovery <laughs> and shit like that. Like he's, he, he's no, stiff that's, and sore. He's not that's grueling as... That's grueling as well. You don't understand it, mate. He's training three days, but it's seven days. I found that really that's weird. I thought it'd be like five days a week at least. And you're doing a full day, just you know, because it's the cage. I mean, we've all heard about the cage. The cage is terrifying. Yeah, uh, it's, I wouldn't. I would can't even think about the cage without being frightened. I was really surprised that it was only three days with an extra mm. day. Because so I think if he said, I think if he said three days training, I think it's a possibility of an extra day for the wording of that line. Yeah. Because if it was four days, he would have just said it's four days. Yeah, absolutely. So the, I, I, I fucking I reckon I can handle the cage. No, but it's. Yeah. You don't get. You're not seeing it. It's. I've three been in days. cages. Before. I've been in cages before, man. I've been to those <laughs> nightclubs. I know you've been to Vietnam. <laughs> it's three days plus the potential of an extra day, making four, twenty-four-seven. So it's four days, seven days a week. That's the hard bit. And at Alter G, the, is that just like a treadmill? I think it's a treadmill where it takes the weight out oh, of you. Oh, would that be like the anti-gravity machines? I think it might be. That's so they from the name that seems like that. That's what yeah, so they idea. got his they they put him on that and got his weight down to like 140 kilos, down from 200. There's one here, though, from Gavin. Oh, you go, you go on. Well, I was going to say, this is what I love about it. He says that uh, David Teague and I, he says, have a really strong relationship where we can say honestly what we are feeling. You know what? I'm going to say, Mitch... I reckon that's a fucking one-way street. <laughs> I reckon that's Teague going, hey, you're too fat. And he goes, yeah, well, your haircut's shit. He goes, I don't think it's working like that. Go, There's another one here, though. Like he that. says, mm. you can't hide in the cage. You can't. That's what Jack, Jack Russell, mm. can't hide in the cage. That's what Jack told me, and he was right. Yeah. So before the whole thing, Jack just went up to him and said, hey, we're going to put you in the cage, mate. He said, fuck, not the cage. He said, yeah, the yeah. cage. And he said, what's it like? Will people be able to see me? <laughs> and he said, sorry, mate, you can't hide in the cage. And he's like, fuck, people will be able to see me. Where yeah, am I going to hide I, snacks? Yeah, I was hoping there might be like a pantry I could walk into. That I could just <laughs> stand there and go, where's the guy? And I go, I don't know. 
He's fucking gone in the cage, but I can't find him. And this is the fucking... This is the hard bit, Michael. This is the terrifying bit. It says here, McGovern would go home at night so exhausted he could barely fend for himself. Yeah. He says, and I quote, it wasn't much fun for Kirsten, his girlfriend. She had to do everything for me. Everything. That, can you imagine spending so much time in the cage that you basically go home and you go, Dal, I mean, I love you. I got to go to the bathroom. I go, I can't, I can't do it. And she's like, all right. Come with me, mate. And then she like puts him on her back, carries him over, pops him down on the loo, sits there because he can't do it himself. She's got to squeeze his Massage intestines his to get stomach. it out. Of him. Yeah, <laughs> it's just fucking. No one expects that from the cage, Michael. But then also you go. He goes home and he ha- he can't fend for himself. Can't fend. To me, that implies that there are some kind of attackers that come to his house every night, and he well, has to fend of the them cage. off. And That's because he was cage. so fucked up from the cage, he had to get his girlfriend mm. to go and fend off the attackers. Yeah, yeah. That's why when you get home from the cage, players always like lift up the manhole in their house, checking the roof space because people are coming for you. <laughs> That's why he says. That's why he says twenty four seven. Maybe that's an extra part of the cage. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah you're training during the day, but get ready because yeah. at three in the morning. Some dude with a, a, sh- a sawn-off <laughs> shotgun might burst into your house wearing a balaclava. Hey, yeah, and it's so the cage. You can't yeah, hide from says, the cage. He wakes you up, fucking, uh, like, butter the rifle to the face. Bang! 20 burpees. You're like, fuck, is this fuck. not part of the cage? Jack, get off me. <laughs> Jack. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking tough, man. It's fucking tough. Hey, tough times at Dermot Burton, man. Very tough times. It's it's kind of sad to see. Now, quickly explain what uh, what you're talking about. Well, he went to a nightclub and they didn't give him a drink card. It was uh, yeah. it was pretty awful. Um, that hasn't happened since 1985. And um, it's pretty disgusting, you know. Some yeah. people out there, you know, have some fucking respect for, for Dermy because know. you know it's, you give him the drink card. I blame I blame these. You know, are they millennials? I don't think they're younger than millennials now. These you know, yeah. 18, 19 year old bartenders who don't know mm. who their hero should be. No, they see a man with uh, like straw straightened hair and they go, uh, sorry, Grandpa, you're not getting a drink card. I mean, it's a bit different these days. He used to ride the motorbike into the um, into the uh, nightclub. Now he has a motorised wheelchair, so it's not quite <laughs> as big a deal. Hang on, hang on. Did Dermy ride him in... <laughs> a motorbike into a nightclub Fucking hell man He's, he's, kept, he's kept that under wraps Isn't that funny Like I wonder Like I don't think That really got coverage Back in the day When he did that I don't think it really Got coverage Because I think The media newspaper Kind of stuff Was you know If you didn't know the news you, you Well it'd yeah. be in the paper But it wouldn't be On the 7 o'clock news You don't reckon That uh, Eddie Maguire Might have done a little thing Because if it was Say it was after A grand final win not that he was drunk riding, but he's just ridden it in there. Maybe Eddie did a little thing, you know, in Derma and he's down at the Metro, you know, rode his motorbike into the Metro last night. Yeah, I don't know, though. I don't know. I don't know if it would have been a publicised thing. But I'm just, what I'm, point I'm trying to make is that mm. you're useless. But the point I'm trying to make is that if a player rode a motorbike into the foyer mm. of a nightclub today... Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon we might hear about it. Like... Maybe Dusty could get away with it after a premiership win. And yeah. you go, ah, there's Dusty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just a player like, yeah, say, I don't know, fucking Buddy rode a mm-hmm. motorbike into, um, you know, the Ivy, Ivy the Ivy yeah, foyer. Yeah. Straight to the pool. I believe they have a foyer. I don't know. Um, how big a fucking wanker would everybody immediately think they are? And also, oh, it'd be all over the press. You think it's a wanker? I'd be like, fuck, man, that's cool. I've got to get myself a hog. 
Oh, well, yeah, okay. maybe it's a big merchandise it. idea. Maybe sponsorship. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. A player just kind of hooks up with the motorway company and just, <laughs> you know, what do I do to need to promote it? Oh, I just ride into nightclubs all around Australia. Can do. <laughs> you got it, mate. I love it. Now, why are we really concerned about Dermot Brereton? So he needs to have a spinal operation. Uh, he's had, uh, he says there's about 35 years worth of operations over the journey. And they have a picture here of his spine on the Herald Sun website. So I saw him. I saw him at the opening of a, uh, a nightclub, actually, last late last year. Uh, a nightclub called Wink Wink, which is the old um, Continental in Greville Street in Paran. And also ah, Boutique. Yeah. And so I saw Derm then and I said, how are you going? Because the last... Okay, so got to backtrack a little bit here. The last time I saw him was, was at another his- nightclub opening. Was in the SEN studios, mate. So very similar. And someone said to me, "Feel Dermy's back," and I felt around his lower back where he's got the spinal issues, and it was like a brick. No way. Like it it was so fucking solid, and I was like, "Mate, that's not good." And he's like, "Oh no, it's been like that for years," and he kind of limped out of the studio. And then when I saw him at the club, I said, "How's your back going?" And he pulled out that X-ray that was on that article, and said. This is how my spine is now. I've got to go in for an operation. Wait a second. Mm. So he's gone to a nightclub opening. Yep. Carrying a packet of x-rays. No, no, it was on his phone. Oh, okay, gotcha. He's not an idiot. Can you let me just imagine, though, that he was just <laughs> getting about with a packet of x-rays in his, uh, and, and, and a, you know, Uzo and Coke? And a lo- yeah, he's got that, and he's also brought the light box to hold it up against as well. <laughs> He's got a guy in a white coat with a little pointer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Holds up the back of the shirt and says, well, as you can see, Mr. Burton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Vertebrae the, uh, 12 and 13. Yeah, yeah. So he has a bit of a spinal. He talked about 35 years of operation. He talks right here. He says uh, to get out of bed is very tough. Yeah, says, explain his a, process. It's a full-on procedure just to get up each day. Mm. My partner has to help me with my socks. So he says he has to roll onto his back. Well, he's on, on his back. Roll onto his stomach. Yep. And then slowly slide off the edge of his bed until he can push himself upright with his arms. So it's a bit like, yeah, you're flat. And then you should get a little, like, a little mini slide on his bed. Make yeah, it easy so basically, for him. So he sort of gets onto his knees and then pushes himself up and then has to stand up from there. That is not a good process of getting up, by the no. way. If, if any junk timers are out there and that's your process, get to a doctor. Seek immediate help. Yeah. <laughs> So I think he talked about having he needs to get his spine worked on, and then and it's also a recurring thing where he says within two to five years you got to do it again, do it again, do it again. Really? Well, that's what he says in the article. I don't question Dermot Brereton. No, that's a that's a very good point. Dr. I remember Dermot. going to a back person years ago. I had a problem with my back. This back when I was a teenager or so. So you know, this is a long Hang time on. ago. Hang on, you've got a spine? Ha! Ah, funny, nice. Oh, fuck. Thanks, You're mate. useless. And. <laughs> Uh, he talked about he was this uh, go-to guy, and he talked about that. He said, "Is this in Munich? Is this in Munich? Uh, not quite. No, no. <laughs> okay. I, I, I fucked up my back from bowling so much. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Uh, stress fractures. Yeah, it was essentially that. Yeah. Okay. Hot and sp- would you have a hot spot in your back? I probably did. Yeah, but and this is you know way before we knew the word hot spot. You know, yep. I think this this way I went to the guy. He was so revolutionary. He coined the term <laughs> hot spot. Yep. Uh, but he said, "I've never, I've never fixed a back. I've only relieved it." Is that right? Yeah. I think that's the general idea with back surgery. You do everything else yeah. that you can before you actually go in for it. And I think the thing that Dermy was saying, that playing at centre-half forward, because you are in the middle of either the ball coming out of attack 
uh, out of defense or coming into attack, you're in the middle position. So everyone's kind of converging over you. On you like you yeah. have people coming from 360 degrees. Like at least if you're at full forward, there's no one behind you. Yeah, well, that's what he talked about as well. He said because the chief came to the club and became the full forward and could really only play full forward, he took that spot. And so Dermot yeah, had to move up the field. Yeah, so basically he moved up the field and then got crunched by Jason Dunstall repeatedly with knees in the back. Well, Dermot, we do wish you best, man. Do. You know what? How about, like, if they do, like, you know, with a dog, if what if Dermy just had a couple of wheels? Keep his legs, keep his back, but he's just got a couple of wheels that he just sort of can drag himself along on the ground. Oh, yeah, sure. Revolutionary surgery like that. He could come to that, yeah. man. Mm. You kind of hear this squeaky kind of wheel behind you when yeah, you walk exactly. with the footy. You go, oh, Dermy's here. <laughs> you go into your nightclub and you hear this. You go, yeah, yeah. oh, Dermy. Hey, he's come in. And you can dress it up like Harley. Still look cool. Uh, tanking is an issue, Adam. Tanking? Tanking is an issue in the AFL. I thought we eradicated it back when Melbourne didn't tank a few years ago. Yeah, we would have hoped when they didn't tank a few years ago. but uh, mm. When they got fined for not tanking? Uh, more disgracefully, tanking is happening in the grand final, Adam. In the AFL grand final? In the AFL grand final of 2019. It's been Shit. revealed. It's been revealed by Ray Shaw. Yeah, Ray Shaw. Ray Shaw, fuck, is he is he like on an integrity committee or something like that? Like how would how would Ray Shaw know about tanking in a grand final? He was speaking on an SDN and he talked about mm. his son Heath, right? Oh, we love Heather. So he talked about Heath Shaw and he said that he remembers talking to Heath towards the uh, at, to, after the game. He remembers it. Yeah, and he remembers there. a conversation with his own son after the grand final. Ray's a little rat right here, okay? Like okay. He, he's reporting back the evidence, okay? Ray said that Heath was talking to him after game. Private and, conversation and with his dad. Well, no, no, Ray was wearing a wire. And okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ray said that Heath had said to mm. Dusty halfway through the third quarter, I why don't the third. the third, why don't they just blow the siren now? For the final of the, for the end of the game, not even for the third quarter. For the end of the game. Now, if that Finish is not tanking, if that is not tanking, Adam, I don't know what we're doing. It just it's a sport you love so much, but... Uh, he I'm wants the game to be over, Adam. During the third quarter. During the third quarter. It's an absolute disgrace. Shouldn't he be suspended for weeks for that? Like well, that? We've got the evidence right here. He said that he wants the game to be over. To if, be over. Uh, it's right here in black and white. We've got the evidence from Ray, who was wearing the wire. He got sent in by the AFL Black Ops. They thought something was going to happen. I mean, I'm still surprised that Heath Shaw thought they were still in the game <laughs> halfway through the third quarter. I mean, you know, after... Uh, why didn't he say this like 10 minutes into the second? Yeah, wh- why, why did he come out for the third, for the second half? He should have just fucking... He should have texted his dad. I know he can't be on your phone, but fuck, he's already tanked. He may as well just fucking load up on all the indiscretions. Texted his dad, goes, Dad, let's get out of here. Let's beat the traffic back to Eltham. There's also another thing here, right? Mm-hmm. Integrity of the game. Okay, so this is a grand final as well. So Dusty Martin, he got caught for holding the ball. Yeah. And he called out Razor Ray. He said, for fuck's sake, Razor. Which, uh, you know, you don't even have to be caught for holding the ball to say that. Like, you just yeah. walk past Ray and go, for fuck's sake, Razor. I mean, does that does that sully Richmond's premiership a little bit? The well, fact that there's a potty mouth in the forward line? A, a Norm Smith potty mouth? Well, check out this. It gets better. Mm. So he said, for fuck's sake, Razor. And then blah, blah, blah. Three-quarter time comes along. 
Heath Shaw, fucking he he, he, oh, he thinks that he thinks that's the final siren. He's like <laughs> he's he's walking off. He just scratched down on his ha- haunch corners and you know someone put a robe yeah. around him. Yeah, he's taking his boots off. So here we go. So this from Razor. It's so weird. Razor being in the media. Uh, he said at the start of the last quarter, Dusty mm. came into the centre bounce and I was starting the last quarter. We shared a hug. And he goes, I'm really sorry. I just got angry. I go, that's okay. I do that too sometimes. It's normal, isn't it? So, okay. So, I, I don't Here care. Like, they're what? Ten goals up. Probably even more. Couldn't give a fuck. Doesn't matter. But you don't. You do not touch an umpire. Oh, well, there's that for one thing, okay? Dusty should be yeah, suspended for a year. Two, two things we know in this world. You don't touch a wallet and you don't <laughs> touch an umpire. We all know that. But, okay. So, it's a grand final. Mm. You're walking out three-quarter time. You're a Giants yeah. player, right? You walk out the yep. grand final and you see a Richmond player hugging, <laughs> hugging the umpire. Hugging the umpire, yeah. You're hugging the umpire. And you go, wait a second, what's going on here? Are they, yeah. are they you know, swapping like 50 bucks notes or something, like a bet? Well, that's the thing. I mean, if the umpires weren't so biased, who knows? GWS could have kicked a fourth goal. Is there an asterisk against the Richmond Premiership now? Uh, you'd, you'd have to say so. I mean, if he's already won swearing at the umpires and, I mean, he got a 50-metre penalty given away given against him, but still, I think it deserved more. But to go up and, I mean, they say hug. I say when someone like uh, Dusty comes up behind you and grabs you, it doesn't end well. Hugging the umpire, I find that really remarkable. I think it's disgusting, Michael. We don't need that in our game. You know, players, you know, Paul, all, di- all uh, Greg Williams did was pat an umpire to say, how are you going, mate? You he got gets 10 weeks. weeks. Whatever, yeah. yeah, it's fucked. Um, so comedy festival tickets can be found comedyfestival.com.au or so Sydney Comedy Festival for me that'll be on sale very shortly um, we've got footballers in real life though Adam we've got a bunch we do have a lot This there's a lot of people spotting footy players out and about and it must be because they've got some free time they're actually out in the real world yeah true true they're not in the cage no uh, from Rob I live in an apartment overlooking what used to be a failing cafe a few years ago, a delightful couple moved in and took a gamble to turn it from a dead cafe into a very homely little Japanese restaurant. Gee, it'd be tricky in the restaurant game, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be easy. Not especially going from a dead cafe to a homely Japanese restaurant. That's not easy. I mean, how many people can do that? Failing, you know, all the people kind of, you know, ripping off staff and stuff like that. But well, they do talk about the margins being so tiny. Like it'd be hard work, wouldn't it? It wouldn't be easy. Going in, you know, go fuck. Got to make this. Unless it's an AFL bar and cafe. Oh, mate. Then it's the a license the corner. Money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Initial t- initially, times were tough. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fly fly Virgin and Qantas. Yep. Just, just, so, just so I can go to the AFL. I don't have to walk, <laughs> I'd have to walk that extra distance. Well, you should be flying Quant- uh, Virgin anyway to support the AFL's airline. Well, they should have a branch in the Tiger Jetstar terminal. We are. When... when should we become AFL Grill and Kitchen Kitchen and Grill franchise oh, franchisees? No, no, no. What about the Junk Time Bar and Grill? Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's probably more <laughs> appropriate to be in the Jetstar yeah, exactly. Tiger one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll have the uh, the Low Dog Cunt special, thanks. Yeah, sure. We'll just put that, you know, we'll set one up next to like the line for, you know, North Korea Air. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> you go, fuck it, this is salty. You go, mate, it's chicken salt. Shut it's the fuck up. Enjoy, enjoy your coffee. Uh, uh, cafe, blah, 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 a Japanese restaurant. Initially, times were tough. Oh, Every night, I'd look over into the empty shop and I was worried. Mm. Uh, it wasn't until one day when Joshua J. Kennedy started to frequent and things started to shift. I'm happy to now report that great food, word of mouth and a signed JJK endorsement on the wall has helped turn Mama's and Papa's restaurant in Wembley into a thriving business. Well, there you go. I mean, JK, you think he's a 
uh, this is the Western Australian Josh yes. Kennedy we're yep. talking about, isn't it? Who would have thought that he'd be the man to turn around a Japanese restaurant? I mean, you know, you just think of what could have been had he stayed at Carlton. He might have had thriving Japanese restaurants all in the Carlton area, but now he's turned his hand to Perth and made, you know, a little Japan, they call it. <laughs> um, from Peter, I spotted Dane Zorka a few weeks ago, very close to the Rabina shopping centre on the Goldie. Here we go. Initially, I spotted the blonde girlfriend hanging off his arm wearing a snakeskin pattern outfit before I felt the glare of a solid nuggety man I recognised as Dane. He was wearing an aqua-coloured polo shirt tucked into nice. tucked into bone-coloured trousers and sporting mm. boat shoes. Oh, Just there you go. He'd be sockless. Pretty fancy from Dane there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, probably going to a formal thing. Uh, thankfully, I was in my car at the time and he wasn't too happy about the amount of time I spent looking at him or his girl. Gee. Oh, there you go, mate. you got to be careful. You don't want Dane Zorko coming at you. Not in the. I mean, you'd spot him a little bit off with the with the aqua. Would he be able to run that fast in the in the boat shoes? Are they good for running in, Michael? You would have spent a lot of time on yachts. Ha! Huh, yeah, sure. Well, I was about to say they're not on wet surfaces, but of course they're boat shoes, so that that's yeah, what they're, they're built, built for, for, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, so they'd be great. At, you wouldn't be able to. He'd be out of corner. Well, I mean, no, no, he wouldn't be great. He'd be he'd be their boat shoes, man. So he, they'd only be good on a boat. So if you run running through that. a car park, he'd be all over yeah, the shop. That's fucking terrible. Right? He'd be looking around, going, "Where's the fucking boat? When I need one." Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't know what to do. Where's the spinnaker? From Alexander, just listened to the pod and realised I forgot to send this football in real life through from around October, November. Come on, Alexander, lift your fucking game, son. I was walking to Vic Gardens to head to the food court for lunch from work. I first uh, walked past a Veneziano uh, Cafe in River Street in Richmond and I saw young pies defender Jack Madgen. As a supporter, I thought this would be the highlight of my lunch break. However, And I reckon also uh, the highlight of Jack's, Jack's to be yeah. recognised. Yeah. Uh, however, when I was walking past Fitness First, who do I see other than Chris Judd, our mate? Oh, Fitness First. There you go, Juddy. Man of the people. I wonder. if. if so, wait a second. I'm just looking. He's in the treadmill. Okay, what's he wearing? Obviously. Mm. Jagged. Yeah. Uh, my mind instantly transported back to the chicken wings on sale at the food court. <laughs> Good he stuff. was standing on a treadmill and looking at the controls and pressing buttons with a thoroughly confused look on his face. Wow. As a former professional athlete who would have no doubt used a treadmill so many times, I wondered how he was struggling. Was it a new model he couldn't manage? Or perhaps he was treated so well during his career that he never used the <laughs> controls. Some pleb employer, yeah, pleb Carlton scum, would st- uh, select his workout and level. And this was the first time he'd used one. Hey, I forgot to ask this, Adam. You, di- you didn't go to the polo again this year, did you? I did not. I had I had a an invite to go down there, but I chose... To give my helicopter seat to someone else, mate, because yeah, I am sure. I am a, a hero. From Jordan, waiting at Virgin Airport in Perth to pick up my partner who should walk by, but uh, first off the plane, but Nat Fife and Sonny Walters. Oh, Doc first two off, so that means 1A, 1B. Yeah. Do you ever get off a plane first? Uh, this happened to me kind of about this time last year. Get off a plane first? Uh, no, I, I'm way too far down the back, mate. Yeah, sure. I think maybe I'd got an upgrade or something, but I think it was, I don't think it was, a, I don't think it was business. I think it was just like a plane that just had a bunch of economy seats, but I happened to be in 1A. And so they have the stair, stairwell come out. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're on a Jetstar plane. Well, probably. Yeah, maybe. And so. No, 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 no maybe, mate. Okay, no, sure. maybe. Anyway, so I'm 1A <laughs> and so they open the door and I'm like, yeah. I can be first off here. Yeah. And so I pretended in my head that I was a premiership captain bringing the cup off the plane at the airport right. when they're right back in town. I don't think you're joking about this. No, I'm not. I genuinely no. had that thought. <laughs> exactly. I was yeah, like, this I is what you did. can do. 
the last time I was on a flight, so I was, uh, you know, down the back, well, in the middle actually, and I always try and get the window seat. And so the guy Do in you? front of me, mm, yeah, okay, I love a window, mate. Oh, I get a window sleep. for a short one, yeah, for a long one. I'm all about the aisle. Are you okay? It's a debate for another episode. But the guy in front of me, who was in the middle seat. He's like saying to everyone from behind us, no, no, you guys go past, you go past, and letting everyone off before me. So I'm stuck behind him. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Now that, that is a low dog cunt. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of talk about plane etiquette, airport etiquette. Yeah. Um, so here we anyway, go. Anyway, back to, back to Nat Fife and Sonny Walters. The Docker duos are in no mood to talk to people and walk straight past everyone with their eyes set solely on leaving. I think Nat mm. might have been, might have had... A pirate's life beer in his sights. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you, mate? He's made a million, a Monty out of that, so he's getting off the plane. I need a pirate life. From Josh. Been sitting on this one for a while, but former Freer and Gold Coast son Michael Barlow goes to my gym in South Melbourne. There you go. He's usually here twice a week, brackets, weekdays, and arrives around about 7am, getting in the early workout. Sometimes wearing his Gold Coast shorts. Well, there you go. A bit flashy. Yeah. Or a pair of Werribee, sh- Werribee short footy socks. Right now, with the absence of his gym buddy, who may or may not be an AFL player too, VFL player too. Uh, VFL, mate, VFL. Sorry, yeah. I've seen him pull out an imitation pair of <laughs> Apple AirPods. Oh, okay. Sounds like something Knock-offs. I would do. Yeah. I know this as I have Apple AirPods. I'm doing very well. He seems like a nice bloke, however. One time we made eye contact through a mirror whilst we were both yawning. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a detail that we love. <laughs> What is, Michael Chamberlain, what is the most you have ever spent on a pair of headphones? Uh, I mean, I think, uh, I couldn't tell you for sure, but I usually go for the cheap ones that... You that buy 7-Eleven, don't you? Well, wherever I can get them. But yeah, if they're like 15 bucks, I'm like, I don't want to pay that. I've never had the ones you put around your head. Like, I'm never like Bose or whatever. Okay. At the minute, I'm wearing a pair that have one ear broken. And so yep. I'm only hearing you from my, <laughs> from my right ear. Good. Good. From Barry. Uh, Ange Christou at the local op oh, shop in go. Brunswick looking for some bargains. I clocked him as cool. he walked by, uh, walked past and blurted out, Ange Christou! Woof! Yeah, do you reckon he'd get a fair bit of that? Uh, a little bit. He runs a cafe around the corner from me here in North Fitzroy. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just, sorry, just outside of Wayne Jackson's Jackson studios. Wayne Jackson's studios. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. We're going to hit the road. We are JunktimeOverPod at Gmail, JunktimeOverPod on Twitter, Facebook and the Gram. Go. Don't forget to go to comedyfestival.com.au to get your tickets. Low Dog is your code word. Go Blues. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.